0: The Panthers are finally going to get their franchise quarterback this week. Let's talk about that. Good morning, good morning. It's another new week. This week is a special week for all of us. So congratulations to everyone who is a Panthers fan. You are about to be at peace once again. It is finally time for the draft we are not going to have to wait any longer by the end of this week we will have all of our new rookies we will especially have our first overall quarterback whether it be Bryce Young or CJ Stroud I think at this point we all understand it's probably going to be Bryce Young but things have been shaken up so if you haven't seen it the betting odds for the number two overall pick now are drumroll, please Yes, as you guessed it, Will Levis. Um, (laughs) I don't know where that came from. I don't know why. And I don't know where. But I guess Will Levis has really made an impact on somebody. And I don't know if it's just by default that Will Levis is going to go second overall. Because the Texans have doubts about CJ Stroud. Whether or not you believe the agent report thing that could just all be BS, but at the moment, according to Vegas at least, the betting odds have Will Levis going second overall. Now I know that betting odds aren't as simple as, say, a player going second overall is more likely to happen for X player over Y player or vice versa. But betting odds are, in a lot of ways, a way for Vegas to basically say, this is probably going to happen, but also it's impacted by how many people are betting on that particular event. So if more people bet on something, the line moves more and more. So maybe there has been a rise of people betting on Will Levis as the second overall pick, and maybe they have insider information, maybe they don't, but uh, that's just something to consider, that if Will Levis goes second overall, do not be surprised. Now at this point, all of the quarterbacks have switched positions. I mean, it was... C.J. Stroud is a no-brainer. Then people saying Anthony Richardson after his Combine performance. Then people saying uh, Bryce Young because he's the most talented, but he's got the size concerns. And Will Levis has never been in the conversation for one overall, I don't think. But he is in the consideration for two now, which is more surprising to me than any of those other things that happened and also, we don't know who's actually in consideration for the Panthers. I mean, they're their own thing. So so it could have not been any of that stuff going on. It could have been Bryce Young the whole time. And it could have switched. I'll be very curious to see if they admit to switching or if it was Bryce Young the whole time. I can't wait to see the behind the scenes on this. I really do hope that they give us something because I think it's going to be a really cool look into things. I mean, we get the draft confidential in the past, but... We've never really done anything too exciting. I thought it was really cool watching fitter trade uh, with, uh, I think it was the Browns that one year. And I mean, it's just really cool to get a look into that. But I think it would be even cooler to get a look into trading the first overall pick. I don't know that that's going to be on video or what, or if they're planning to release something, but it'll be really cool. So, But for the draft, you really have to think about the Panthers needs versus what they picked up in free agency versus what they really actually need just based on those objective facts. I mean, we all watched the games. We saw what they were like, um, but there are some clear deficiencies on this team. Obviously, the quarterback play, which we're going to address in the first round. So if you didn't know, in yards per game, the Panthers were 29th out of 32 teams last year. So they struggled mightily just putting points on the board and we were last in time of possession so you'd think that a team that ran the ball as much as we did would have time of possession at least but we did not we were last so i guess that kind of goes with our defense giving up points and getting tired because they were on the field more than any other defense in the nfl because the panthers could not hold the ball at all um But, which is also surprising because, you know, there are some teams that don't have a lot of time of possession that are really good at offense because they score so quickly. But that is not the case with the Panthers. They give up the ball really quickly. I don't know where we ranked in third and outs or three and outs, but I would not be surprised if we were in the bottom five on three and outs because I just don't see how we can have one of the least yards gained, but also the lowest time of possession at the same time. And also, could it be something where, time of possession is just fascinating to me because there's so many factors, but could it be something where we let offenses just drive down the field on us? Like, I feel like we were not great against the rush, but uh, yeah, opponent rush play percentage, 44%, so teams ran on us not as often as they did against other teams. And number of rushes per game was, we were 24th out of the NFL out of 32 teams, so Basically, in the bottom fourth of the league, and opponents were 18th in rush yards per game, which is right in the middle. So, we were pretty average against the rush. So, you know, that's something to consider. And then on the flip side, opponent yards per pass and yards, pass, opponent passes per game, 19th in the middle, pass yards a game, 22nd. So, our defense was average to um, below average last year. Um, so, they gave up. A good bit of rush yards, a good bit of pass yards, but weren't horrible in either fact. I mean, the other team was also getting good field position too, so that kind of goes into it. They only have so much field to work with, so like, you know, for example, if we fumble the ball and they get the ball at the 20, they're only going to gain 20 yards, so I think it's also hard to quantify how good our defense is in a lot of ways because the offense was so bad. Now, if you watch with your own eyes and you see our defense, you could tell that they do have talent and they are good. But if you stress test something so many times, it's only a matter of time before it breaks. And I think our defense had a little bit of that going on where they just get stressed over and over and over. And eventually, if you give the other team the ball on your side of the field enough times, they're going to score. It's just a matter of fact. But it's kind of worrisome to me I don't know what our average starting field position was in comparison to other teams and also what other teams' starting field position was against us in comparison to other teams. I'd be interested to see that, but I don't think it's good. So I'm surprised that our defense is as low as they are in yards given up. Um, But uh, the really, really egregious statistics that you can see on our team is pass play percentage, about 50% of the time, which is 28th in the league last year. Completion percentage, surprise to no one, about 58%. Next to last, so almost dead last in the league. Passes per game were 29th. Pass yards per game, 29th out of 32. Sack percentage, 22nd. Interception percentage, 26th. So it was bad all around. And then On the flip side with the defense opponent pass play percentage 12th out of the nfl so teams were passing against us completion percentage 66 percent so we were 23rd opponents passes or pass yards per game we were 22nd interception thrown percentage (laughs) 27th and sack percentage 25th so We were in the bottom of pretty much every passing statistics on offense and defense. So we were bad all around um, on offense and defense as far as interceptions and yards per game in the pass game. So I think it's pretty clear where we need to draft. I know that people were saying defensive line. That's not a bad idea looking at the statistics. I mean, if you're 25th overall in sack percentage, you need some help getting to the quarterback. And if we're gonna pay Brian Burns, then he needs to step up. Period. Right now he is a very good pass rusher. He is not an elite pass rusher. He is the king of almost. He if he got every sack that he almost got, then he would be like the number one defensive end in the NFL. And I think that the Panthers fans kind of overvalue certain players on this team, and before there is a riot. Yes, Brian Burns is a very good player, but he is about to get paid like an elite pass rusher. And he was a very good pass rusher last year, not elite. And you might say, well, he needs more help. No one else was on the line. I don't care. If you're about to get paid what he's about to get paid, you need to produce, period, regardless. Don't give me all of that crap about he needs help, he needs this, he needs that. He's about to get paid like an elite pass rusher. He needs to be an elite pass rusher. End of discussion. And he has been treated like an elite pass rusher by this fan base and by this front office. We were offered two first round picks for him. And uh, we did not give them up because we believed in him. And he needs to pay that bet off. And it's all talk about, oh, Brian Burns needs a contract. He needs an extension. He's going to get it. And he's going to get paid handsomely. But he needs to play for that contract and play up to that contract. Because if he does not, then we're screwed. If He's going to get paid like a top five pass rusher. And last year, he was not a top five pass rusher. And if you don't agree with that, then go look. Go look at the statistics. Go watch the games. There was a lot of times where he got pushed around. And we need him to step up and be a great pass rusher. And sack percentage is right there. We're 25th overall. 25th overall in sack percentage and teams threw against us more often than they threw against other teams we we're in the top half of the league of percentage of times that teams threw against us and in the bottom half of the league in the number of times that teams um, completed their passes because um, we weren't getting a whole lot of pressure last year and even if you feel like there was pressure we got we're 25th in the league in sack percentage so it's not there so we either need a defensive back or a defensive lineman? One or the other, because both of the percentages, both of those are just through the roof right now, and we need to bring this defense back to reality, and I think that uh, Aviro will do a lot for that, and will be able to create a team that is centered around forcing turnovers, and you know, getting sacks, and creating big plays, but I think what comes with that is the players just need to step up, period, and we've picked up a couple of defensive linemen to give Brian Burns help. And if we draft a defensive lineman too, then I hope that no one else has any more excuses for Brian Burns left because you shouldn't have to make excuses for your best players. Your best players should be beyond reproach in terms of if they're producing, if they're getting sacks, if they're getting those statistics. So Brian Burns, I know you're not listening to this, but you need to play for that contract because you're about to get paid very well. And I think... We do need another defensive back. I think that J.C. Horn was one of the best cornerbacks in the league when he could actually get on the field. He stayed hurt for a few games. I think he ended up playing 12 games last year, so he missed five. And then the season before that, he missed 12 or he he only played three games. I don't remember if that was a 16-game season. So he missed 13 or 14 games. So through the last two seasons, he's missed about 17 Game, so he's missed essentially a full season in the last two years so we need him to stay on the field and stay available that's that's what it is we can't have guys getting hurt because i know people don't like to look at it this way but even if you let's do a basketball analogy if you average 50 points a game for 10 games and you get hurt and you don't play the other 72 that's 52 averaged out with 72 zeros so it doesn't really matter if you can't play And I know that that's not how points per game works or whatever stat you want to use. But if you're not available, you're not producing, you're not getting those stats. You're not impacting the game in any way whatsoever. So if you can't get on the field, then you can't produce. And you can't impact the games. You can't impact this team. And I don't know what else to say. It just got to stay healthy. It's just like CMC, those couple of years. It's like, what does it matter if you have a top, probably inarguably top three, arguably top running back in the league. It doesn't matter if he can't get on the field. It doesn't matter if you have a Bugatti and there's no gas in it. You can't take it anywhere. It's just to look at. So we need JC Horn to stay on the field and stay healthy, whatever that means. First, it was a broken foot. Then he broke his wrist. He had some other issues too outside of the broken wrist. I can't remember if it was a hamstring or what was going on. But for a dude his size i'm very surprised that he's had as many injury issues as he has and i don't know if he had those same injury issues at south carolina or if this is a new to the nfl thing and i don't know if maybe we should consider getting grass to help limit these injuries i don't know if the injury percentage thing on grass versus turf i know i saw the report where it was like there is no difference or turf is better but I don't totally believe that because it's in the NFL's best interest to have turf and keep the owners happy. But I think that if we had grass, that might help a little bit. But also, J.C. Horn broke his foot on the road. So as long as we're playing other teams that have turf, I think it's like half and half or two-thirds turf, one-third grass. Either way, we're going to be playing on a lot of turf fields. I'm pretty sure... The um, Saints have a turf field and the Falcons have a turf field. I'm not sure about the Bucks. I don't know, but I would not be surprised, honestly. But again, not sure. So I think that it's important to remember that regardless of whether or not we get grass, we're still going to be playing a lot of games on turf. And there's always going to be that that chance for players to get injured. And I'd love to compare, I don't have the time to do it, but I'd love to compare players whose home field is turf and their injury statistics versus players whose home field is grass and their injury statistics. So, and there are some players who prefer turf. I know, I can't remember who it was. There was a defensive end who said he gets, he has more get up and he can get off the ball quicker when it's on turf. So, and the Panthers have recently been back in the crosshairs of the NFL PA with their field and how hard it was against the Lions which I would love to know how hard a natural field would have been against the Lions. I'm not really familiar with field hardness. They said it exceeded like 100 G, whatever that means. So I'm not totally sure. But I would be, I would love to see that comparison of like how hard a natural Bermuda or whatever field would have been in the same conditions. I'd have to look that up, but something to consider that maybe grass isn't always the answer because i remember um what was his name brett Favre played in i think the minnesota stadium when he got his concussion and uh, the field was hard as a rock and that was natural grass and it was probably colder at that point i mean that day that it was against the lions was the coldest day in panthers history it was like 20 degrees i think it kickoff, so it wasn't like it was a quote-unquote southern cold like it was actually cold so but i think the game where brett Favre busted his head was it was probably like around zero because it was in minnesota and it was a night game imagine if that panthers game would have been a night game that would have been like probably like 10 or less (laughs) so and it was very clear day so all that cold was escaping just so you know if it's cloudy usually the temperature is warmer or it stays warmer because it traps the air in and warms it up it acts like a blanket and if it's a clear day then the heat escapes And it gets colder because there's nothing to keep the heat in. It's kind of the same reason why the desert gets really hot during the day and really, really cold at night because there's nothing to trap that heat. So the more you know. So if you go outside and it's cloudy, don't be surprised if the temperature continues to rise even though there is no sun out because it's a blanket for the earth. But back to football. Uh, The Carolina offensive field goal conversion percentage we were number one in the league which is why eddie pinheiro has been resigned because he was literally the best kicker in the league but uh, funnily enough we were actually um, the opponent field goal conversion percentage was number three so teams do not miss kicks against us for whatever reason they do not miss kicks at all Um, so yeah, I guess it's kind of like free throw defense. It's like we don't have good field goal defense, even though it's not something you can defend against. I guess it's more of a luck thing. I don't know, because our special teams were really good last year, surprisingly, for the first time in a while. So, you know, it's it's cool to see that Eddie Pinero came in. We picked him up off the pile, and he became literally the best field goal kicker in the league. And you can't get rid of a guy like that. We did the same thing with Zane Gonzalez. I don't know what it is about this front office but they sure know how to find a kicker i wish we would have had that whenever we were uh, going through the joey sly ordeal where he was missing like four kicks in a row and he was just totally mentally gone and eddie Pinheiro also he missed the extra point against the falcons and then he missed that game winning kick and then we ended up losing and then after that he converted like 14 more kicks in a row and didn't miss the rest of the season that to me is way more impressive than a kicker being perfect throughout the season because kickers like quarterbacks, I think those are the two biggest positions where the mental game is the biggest, well, and cornerbacks. So those three positions, that mental mental strength and mental just durability, I think is so important in those three positions and for Eddie Pinheiro to go through what he went through and have people talk about him getting fired and his job being taken away and then converting literally every single kick for the rest of the season, including the game winner, last game of the, or the last play of the game of the last game, the last play of the season was a game winning kick by Eddie Pinheiro, which is like sweet, sweet poetic justice for us to convert that kick and win that game on his back after people had called for his head. And, you know, fans are going to be fans, whatever, but I'm just, I never root against a kicker unless it's like, Game online against us. Otherwise, I want kickers to do well because I know how hard it can be to feel like that. And I think that it's important to remember that you never want to win a game because the other team just like lost it or played bad. Like you want to beat quality opponents playing their best so that you don't get away with anything and you don't develop any bad habits. I think it's like against the Lions, you know, they didn't play that bad. We just kicked their butts. And that's a great feeling. Now, going against other teams who were just like the Saints game, the last game of the season, we we were trying to get, like both teams were trying to give that game away. So it was like not even fun to watch. You're just kind of watching it because you wanted to see where we might land in the draft and also kind of like half rooting against us. Like you want us to play well, but you also want to lose because you want to improve, improve your draft stock. Um, so, you know, I think that it is something that is to be considered. And um, also, I'm just really excited that we have a good kicker because having a bad kicker is one of the <laughs> worst feelings in the world whenever you have to settle for a field goal and you're like, oh, it's the toss up. I don't know if we're going to get points or not. But, and then as far as penalties go for our team as well and turnovers, so our offense was 24th and. Turnover margin, they were 26 in takeaways on offense. And then they were 26 in interception percentage. So, not surprising. We need a quarterback. We all know that. That's one of the easiest things to evaluate. But the um, defense was also a little surprising to me. They were bad, honestly. Takeaways per game, 26. Opponent interception percentage, 27. So, if you want to defend the defense by saying that they're always on the field then you would expect to see more takeaways, right? Because they have more opportunities to be on the field and get those takeaways. So I don't think you can defend the defense on one end and say the offense was bad, so the defense needs to pick it up or they get a pass because they're on the field for too long. You can't do that and then look at takeaways per game and be okay with that. Our defense needs to get more takeaways. And I think that's why we're for sure going to go with The second round pick of a defensive back or a defensive end, which is surprising because we've gone like all defense for like two drafts in a row before last one, so we've been picking nothing but defense and it's been showing. I mean, we got someone like Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn, all those guys, and Derek Brown. I think the Derek Brown draft was when we went like seven defensive players. Apparently, we need a lot of a lot of help, but we've been paying for it on offense because we drafted so many defensive guys. So I think that it's important to remember that we really did not get a lot of turnovers last year I mean you think about it like what are what were the biggest moments for turnovers last year none are really even sticking out to me I mean the second time we played the Falcons we had a couple two or three turnovers that was really the last time I remember us really dominating a game turnover wise so and then the turnover margin you know that's on both sides our offense turned the ball over a good bit and then um, our defense did not get the ball back there was very few times where we got a lot of turnovers and the games where we got a lot of turnovers I feel like we won them I don't have those statistics in front of me but even like the first game of the season that we won we got a pick and I think we went like the first three or four games of the season without getting a turnover which led us to like an 0-4 start or 1-4 start I was at the first game we won. I think it was like the third game of the season against the Saints. So we do not get a lot of turnovers, and we need to change that. So we need to get a ball-hawking cornerback, in my opinion. Or either we need to get more pressure. If you want to take a defensive lineman, go ahead. But I don't think that this draft class really lands on 39. If we're going to get a defensive lineman, I think we're going to trade back. I think that's the combo. If we end up going D-line, we're going to trade back to, say, like, 45 or 50 from 39 I wouldn't be surprised to see us drop 11 spots to 50 around there and pick up a couple picks for it and draft a defensive lineman and maybe a cornerback if we see someone we like so be on the lookout for that for going d-line I know there are a lot of people mocking us defensive linemen in the 39th pick I get it but I think that's a bit of a force at that spot I think that you're kind of forcing the issue and you just need to let the draft come to you. I'm sure Scott Fitter already has his plan and he knows what he's going to do. And he knows obviously way more than any of us because he is a general manager in the NFL. Don't forget that. But I would be surprised to see him force the issue at that position, at that spot. I would not be surprised to see him trade back a little bit if he's going to go defensive line or stay where he is and pick up a cornerback. Because, you know, that's what I would do. And I think that he agrees with me, but we'll see. And I don't think they'll go young receiver in this draft but they don't have their first overall pick next year so you know they're not going to get a high level skill guy in the next draft for our rookie quarterback so do we feel comfortable with the receivers we have on the roster currently or with the potential free agents next year I don't have that list in front of me of potential free agents but we're not going to get any help in the draft at least at the top side of it there are plenty of receivers to be found throughout the draft Um, i can't remember off the top of my head if we traded our first and second round pick next year i know we traded two firsts and two seconds so um, i think it was next year so we're not getting we're not drafting until the third round of 2024 so we're not going to get any high level skills guys we need to be comfortable with where we're at we're comfortable with the free agency market which is why I think we really hammered the free agency market hard this time because we know we're not going to get any help later in the top of the draft at least. And there's always diamonds in the rough. There's always wide receivers to pick up. But I don't think that Scott Fitter is an idiot. So I also wouldn't be surprised to see him go wide receiver because this will be our last top tier skill guy to pick for a little bit. I mean, NFL terms, I mean, a year is a long time. So it'll be a hot minute before we get one of those top draft picks again so um, and then as far as penalties go we were 27th in offense penalties for game 25th penalty yards 25th and then um, penalty yards for a game for opponents on defense number five and number two opponent penalties per play now I don't Actually, no. I guess it's a good thing to be in that for the defense, to be second overall. I think that's how it works. I'm just trying to think, like, is the higher number, like, going to be a lower rank or vice versa? That always kind of confuses me. So, I think that it's good. I think that means our defense didn't get penalized that much. Um, I don't remember getting penalized that much watching the games. So, that doesn't surprise me if that is the case. Uh, I do remember some key penalties at some horrible times, though. So it's not so much about the number of penalties or the timing of those penalties. So, you know, with Steve Wilkes at the helm. Things are very disciplined. Things are very boring and straightforward. Frank Reich's teams, I'll have to do a deep dive of Frank Reich and what his teams are like penalty-wise and also just offense, defense, all that stuff. So I'll definitely do that Um, in the future. I really want to do a deep dive of Frank Reich and the rest of the coaching staff. So I'll have to take a look into that and see what we can find. But, you know, the defense did not get penalized that much. The offense did. Um, So maybe the Steve Wilkes thing doesn't matter. Uh, But we also ran the ball a lot. And I don't know, is a team more likely to hold on a run play than a pass play? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's even. Um, But also, is our offensive line better at run blocking than pass blocking? Probably, just given the guys that are on our team. So, you know, you wouldn't expect us to get penalized that much. I'd be interested also to see the penalties and what positions they came at. I would imagine the offensive line is probably the most penalized just based off the nature of the position. And also, the quarterback play didn't help. I don't know how quickly our quarterbacks were getting rid of the ball, but you know, with bad quarterback play, your offensive line is going to have to make up for it one way or another. And they can't be perfect every play. So if you have a guy who's running out of the pocket, not stepping up, not getting rid of the ball, You know, you feel the need to hold more or, you know, get in the way, whatever. You're trying too much, getting false starts, getting behind in the downs. You know, you're just more likely to bury yourself like quicksand with those penalties. So, you know, that doesn't surprise me at all. I think the quarterback play is going to fix a lot of these problems. A lot of the offensive problems stem from the quarterback. The penalties, the pass plays, the interceptions, all this stuff is directly correlated to the quarterback. And also, putting us in the right spots at the right times. Quarterback is a very cerebral position, and it doesn't just impact the pass game, but also the run game. So our run game you know, was kind of a brute force thing, and it's like we were going to run the ball no matter what, and it's not because our quarterback is putting us in the right positions because they're not. But now our quarterback is putting us in the right positions. I will love to see our offense and how it flourishes. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think if they can stay healthy, and we can get the right pieces in the draft, i.e. another cornerback, the right kind of linebacker, um, a defensive lineman. If we can find those pieces, that's a lot to ask, but at least one or two of those pieces. We got some help in free agency. I think our defense can be a top 10 defense in a lot of ways. I would love to see those takeaways go up, um, but you know, if you don't get takeaways, at least don't give up so many yards. And we got to keep the ball on offense. The time of possession has got to get better. It just has to. You can't leave your defense on the field for that long. So we we got to establish something on offense. We have to have an identity. Um, and our running back situation is fine. You know, it was great, and then it was good. And we were better at running the ball when we were good than when we had a great situation. So with Miles Sanders, you could go either way. And he's coming off that 1,200-yard season. So I think that with the additions at the skill positions and then also – with the quarterback and probably Bryce Young putting us in the right positions on offense very quickly right out of the gate I would love to see um, what our offense is going to look like and then the defense I think can meet their potential Um, because last year I don't think they did so yeah thanks for listening I hope you all have a good rest of your day and I will see you tomorrow happy Monday bye